Well, they put the scriptures up there, and uh, this is just a, a, a just a couple of them that we that bear the truth of what we're going to talk about uh, this morning and the weeks that are uh, before us. Uh, Jesus answered and said to him. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The the, uh, emphasis... Uh, this morning is going to be on the keys of the kingdom. So, uh, I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father has bestowed upon me. Do not fear, little flock, for it is Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven. I'll read this one over here. And one sat on it. It's an interesting story, Revelations, isn't it? Foreign living creatures having six wings were full of eyes around them and within, and they do not rest day or night. We're not going to cover all that, all right? So, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. Whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the Throne, everybody say throne. Throne, Throne, who lives forever and ever. Get an idea who that is? Four and twenty elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worship him for whose lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Everybody getting a picture? Is that it? All right. Well, I just have so many in, in revelations there that, uh, you know, I wasn't sure exactly where we, where we, were, we were at. Um, <clears throat> keys to the kingdom. Principles that open up the floodgates of heaven. The first part of this year, we've been talking about building faith and increasing our faith in the Lord. And, you know, and all of that kind of had been a, more in a work category. Uh, and by that, I don't mean works as into salvation, but, you know, uh, our personal responsibilities of, you know, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then you, you know, you better get some word in you <laughs> if you want the faith to grow. But then uh, it was about two o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, I'm not that spiritual. So I don't set my clock at two o'clock and wake up, you know, so, so I can, you know, tell you that I was praying at two in the morning. That isn't, you know, I wasn't, you know. But I did wake up, and at the same time that I woke up, you know, it came into my spirit, and I said, Lord, what, what do you have in store for 2018? Because here we are already in the first part of March, and, and you know, and uh, uh, 
So what do you have in store? And just as clear as could be, how he speaks to me wasn't an audible voice, but it was one of those uh, voices that, that, you know, uh, without question, I knew exactly it was. And he said, the year of Jubilee. Year of Jubilee. Of course, I don't know if you're familiar with the year of Jubilee, but uh, I'm not going to go into those parameters and those perspectives, but the year of Jubilee and the resurrection, uh, the resurrection is literally the trumpet that's blowing for the year of Jubilee. Now, the year of Jubilee and the resurrection is going to uh, come together on uh, Easter Sunday. By that, the order of what we feel the Lord has led us to do. And that morning, on Easter Sunday, uh, Paul Tucker's going to come and uh, he's going to paint the picture of what Jubilee is all about, what resurrection is all about. And in that morning, you know, uh, as the insights and uh, awareness comes to us, there is, you know, going to be the opportunity of not only the declaration of the year of jubilee for your life, but also, uh, you know, prayer for families and, and individuals. Uh, I believe it is going to be, it is designed by God to be a real, you know, heaven encounter. But leading up to that, uh, we need to, you know, inspire your faith and talk about, you know, some things that that are relative to Jubilee. And one of those things is the keys to the kingdom. We read those scriptures about the keys of the kingdom, how he wants to bestow upon us a kingdom. how we're not to fear because it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Uh, those, those, those aspects about the kingdom. And that kingdom living is central to the New Testament. Ninety references in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talk about the kingdom. of those have to do with living as disciples of Jesus here and now. So there's a task and a privilege and an honor and a power that's been conveyed to us to serve Jesus every day of our life while we're on earth. It was John the Baptist that came preaching and the first thing he was was announcing the kingdom. Now, if you've been around Christianity a long time or, you know, you've probably run to, into a lot of variables on the kingdom. And I'm not here to, you know, even go into those arenas. I'm here to talk about the kingdom and, you know, because in most every aspect, there is elements of truth in them. Jesus' first sermon was about What? kingdom. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
we on a regular basis are taught and do. Pray in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. Come. What is it that we're praying for? And what would be some of the dynamics and the dimensions of it so we know if there was an element of it that was being realized? The kingdom of God was so important to Jesus Christ that after his resurrection, the scripture says that he spent 40 days with his disciples speaking to them concerning the things of the kingdom. Acts chapter 1 and verse 3, 40 days. And so there were two themes on his agenda after the resurrection was to prove that he was alive and number two, that there is a kingdom. So to get everything out of the way quickly about the kingdom that we're talking about right now, you know what I mean? Because there is a kingdom that is and there is a kingdom that is yet to be. The kingdom that we're talking about today is the reign and the rule of God in this age in the hearts and lives of those who yield themselves, obviously, to the lordship of Jesus Christ. It was Philip, in the one recorded by his message, that he preached and spoke concerning the things of the kingdom. Why do a people want to be part of the United States kingdom? They understand something about it. They're here because, they want to get here because there's an element of living. Something that intrigues them and interests them and they go to great extents to try to get here and be part of the the kingdom. I believe that recognizing God's kingdom as a present reality allows you and I and the believer to experience the blessings of Christ's reign now. What did you just sing? Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You were singing kingdom living. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17 talks about that kingdom life. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Is it quite a quite a realm? Daniel wrote in Daniel chapter two forty four says in the days of those kings and he's looking at the earthly kings that in kingdoms that had dominated the course and the events of history whose ideas had influenced civilization. And he talks about, and reaches the four distinctive 
kingdoms, but he says in the days of those kings, and then that last king of the Roman Empire, that the God of heaven would set up a kingdom. And where is influence? Where the things of that kingdom begin to dominate the course of events. You get in the picture. You know, we have roads today primarily because of the Romans. Now, we have roads in America because we're young and, you know, but they had roads way before. They were the, Romans were the ones that had the influence of, you know, making roads to every aspect or various aspects. And so the kingdom is really God's reign. It's his action, his leadership, and his governance. The kingdom creates a realm. The kingdom creates a people. There's a kingdom rule of thumb. One is to save sinners. Number two is to gather people in allegiance to the kingdom. Allegiance to the king. As you walk through the elements of the kingdom in Scripture, you'll find that it's both present and future. There's a mystery of it. That mystery is that. It's here, but yet it still is to come. And that's what he talked about. He said there's a mystery of the kingdom. And it's given for you to understand the mystery of the kingdom. And the mystery of the kingdom is the time allotment and the period of time between, you know, when Israel was to be the dominant factor regarding the kingdom and this period of grace in between to reach the whole world. And then when God sets up and does sit literally on the throne of David. Deep subjects, I know. The kingdom is not a geographical realm with clearly defined boundaries such as those that separate the U.S. from Canada and Mexico. It is not identified as any one nation or a political party. The kingdom of God is not the place we call heaven. At least not yet. The kingdom is not a place, but it is a power. It is not static, it's dynamic, it's a living reign. Why is it important? Because we're to be kingdom people. If my kingdom were of this world, then would, we would do things different. The kingdom is not an issue of land, but of lordship. It is not yet deliverance from political oppression, but it will be. 
The kingdom is not yet the renewal of creation, but it will be. The kingdom is not about material prosperity, but it will be. Kingdom of God is the presence and the powerful lordship of Jesus Christ, the King Himself. The kingdom is known and the kingdom is seen for those that have eyes to see. And it shows up in those who have acknowledged Christ as their Savior who are the subjects of him. A place where his ways are obeyed. The kingdom is anywhere, in any time, in anyone with whom Jesus Christ is Lord. The kingdom. The kingdom is the presence of the future. Let that sink in a little bit. It's the presence of the future. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 5 says this. We have tasted of the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. It is the presence of the future. It is the power of God or the inbreaking of that kingdom. It is both present and yet indicative of more to come. Paul wrote this and says that The Holy Spirit is a down payment of more to come. But how many know it now is? But yet there's more to come. It's that inbreaking of God's kingdom. In the Gospels, Jesus brings to us glimpses of this kingdom through his ministry and in people's lives. First of all, he says in Luke chapter 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and to heal the broken heart, to proclaim liberties to the captive, and this is Jubilee, by the way, sight to the blind, and liberty to those who are oppressed in the acceptable year of the Lord. Yes. Glimpses of it where you get to see this kingdom in healing the sick. Forgiven the guilty, and even raising the dead, and feeding the hungry. All of these are actions that 
the Bible depicts as being demonstrative or demonstrative of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, because this thing is so, it's, it's really so fundamental and so practical. Gives us a description of what the kingdom looks like. And you'll remember the words of Jesus. He said, I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was in prison, and you visited me. That's the reality of the kingdom. But sometimes it's too natural for people to get a hold of as a power. But a kingdom and those kingdoms were influences. <coughs> All of those four, and such is the kingdom. It's the kingdom is concerned about the poor. Kingdom is concerned about the disenfranchised, the weak, the hungry, and the, the imprisoned. Whatever you've done to me, you've done it to the least of these little ones. You've done it to me. The kingdom is, we'll get to some keys, don't get me wrong, but you've got to see it. The kingdom is more, is to look more like a hospital than it is a country club. The kingdom is not so much about defining it, but demonstrating it. In the insurrection, if I could use that word, or the rising of the kingdom, was founded upon two principles and started that way and functions and operates that way, and that is a straightforward radical love for God and your neighbor. That's the kingdom. Peter wanted to and did cut off a high priest's ear because he thought that would really help the kingdom or the king get on the throne. But it's interesting that his throne is the cross. The cross and the kingdom. The only way into the kingdom is through the cross. The cross becomes the throne from which Christ rules. Oh, hallelujah. From Genesis chapter 315, from the bruised, bruised heel to the reigning lamb in Revelations chapter 22. 221 and even the ones that we 
read. It's when you put together the lamb and the throne. What is that? That's the cross. Because who's on the throne? The lamb. The lamb. Greatness in the kingdom is characterized by service and sacrifice. That's what the cross represents. The crown of thorns upon the head of Jesus pictures both the atonement and the kingdom. Interwoven beautifully. They put on him a crown of thorns. The cross and the kingdom. That's important because we're coming into this season where we're winding down. But this I say, brethren, the flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God. It's the blood that's the gateway to the kingdom. It's the blood. It's through the gateway, which is the blood, that we enter into the blessings of the kingdom. Now, why is it important that we have the atonement, and the throne. Because without atonement, a king would be terrifying. But because the king atoned for us, his throne is no longer terrifying. Are you getting the picture? The kingdom. The kingdom. The Christ. He is the creator of the universe. He's the ruler of the universe. And yet, the aspect of the kingdom today is through the blood of the king. The cross is central. Even though it's at the midpoint of the story, the end of the cross is the kingdom. It's the kingdom. It's the ultimate. To have a kingdom. It's through the cross that we come into the kingdom. So how do we get in the kingdom? You remember the story? Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus is interested in the kingdom. 
He's drawn to it. He's heard about it. The conversation, of course, goes on in the outlay of what it is. How do you get into the kingdom? You got to be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit and spirit and flesh and blood can enter the kingdom. So it's possible to get in the kingdom. And it's also possible to see the kingdom. Except a man be born of water and a spirit, he cannot see the kingdom. And an allegiance to the, to the Lord. Yes. How many are in the kingdom? Come on, that's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm in the kingdom. But I want to know how that kingdom works. Romans 10 and 10 says, with the heart. You know, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. There's a directional, there's a perception, there's a concept that, 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 that comes in this. It's just not, you know, it's just not merely a confession. It's a confession to something. The righteousness of Christ in the right ways of Christ. Secrets of the kingdom. Eye hath not seen, and ear hath not heard, neither in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them, you know, that loved him, but he has revealed them unto us by his, his spirit. That privilege and that honor, that trust and that authority, that when you have keys... It's to lock and to unlock. You understand that? The first thing that you have is position. Citizenship. You don't function in a, in a, uh, how can I say it, in a, uh, uh, a manner of authority and confidence if you don't know that you have citizenship. But when you know that you belong to the kingdom, you begin to, you know, function and operate and, you know, you don't have reservations, let's put it that way. You don't have to worry about whether you're in or whether you're out. Yes. Jesus taught that when you get into the kingdom, you change your way of thinking. That's what he's saying when he says, repent and believe the gospel. 
change your way of thinking. That's why you think a little different. That's why you see a little different. What was that verse? I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Probably not on key, but yes, I am. I'm a child of God. So let's get some keys to the kingdom. Key number one. Getting your priorities right. Seek ye first the kingdom. You hear it so much. But if we want to use the keys and embrace, you know what I mean? And uh, become, uh, 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 how can I say it? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Kingdom people, then kingdom has to be first. First in point, first in time. First in promotion. The kingdom first. That's what Jesus said. Not change it for you. If I could. I don't have that authority. It's first. What don't we understand about first? Take it easy, Pastor. (laughs) What does the culture of heaven look like? He tells us. He says it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so when he precludes that with the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, he's saying the kingdom does not exist by natural resources, but by spiritual, not natural. The Holy Spirit, where is the kingdom? In the Holy Spirit. When we talk about the kingdom first, you know, yes, it's point in time, but it's also to recognize the kingdom's value. The kingdom has value. That's why he says it needs to be first. It is taking care of God's business as priority. Now, hello. Hello. 
seeking first the kingdom of heaven is not just a statement. It's a heartbeat. Now, do we ever have to adjust and take into consideration our priorities? I only want the kingdom to work. Seriously. If you know what the kingdom is, you know, and what's in the kingdom, then you want the kingdom to work. You know, I'm a pastor and I'm, you know, Christian and all of that, you know. I regularly have to monitor my priorities. Is that a bad thing? No, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Saying, you know, that, 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 that heartbeat of God. Life choice. See, our main function as a church and focus is not getting off the earth. but it's helping people to understand the king and the kingdom. And we do it one heart at a time. One heart at a time. I won't go any further on the first things. It's an inside-out kingdom. It is. A kingdom that is within, that grows and will overflow. I shall be in you a well of living water springing up into everlasting Life, an overflow that begins to touch our life, our family, our communities, our education, and our work. Influence. I love the passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 60. It says, it tells us the success of the gospel. The Gentiles should come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your Rising, And it says in verse 1, Arise and shine because the light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Influence. Ambassadors who've been given an assignment to demonstrate the kingdom. Not just in power, but in character. Yes. The gospel of the kingdom is so powerful when it is promoted and when it is preached and when it is first in our life that it, as it did in Paul's day, was able to take a whole city of Ephesus whose worship was the goddess Diana and turn it over 
to Jesus Christ. That's right. And Paul said that he went about and made it happen by persuading them concerning the kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom has to be demonstrated. Jesus not just only preached the kingdom, but he demonstrated the kingdom. That anointing is for divine purposes. Walking in divine character. The kingdom. The kingdom is to eventually look like the king. Praise the Lord. It is. Now, I believe that there's heirs of the kingdom that are not kingdom-minded. I think sometimes that as Christians, we have saved souls, but we have Babylonian minds. Be not conformed to this world. (coughs) Who's he talking to? (coughs) Christians. You're saved, but you need... To get out of Babylonian mindsets. The kingdom. I'm going to ease things up a little bit. And then we'll close. Because one of the most challenging things is how do you balance the kingdom in life? I believe that there's a divine assignment that everyone in the kingdom gets. And most of it revolves around your career. Jesus said you are the salt of the earth. He himself said, do business till I come. What business? Kingdom business you and I have a unique role that we've been given to advance the kingdom in the marketplace it's called kingdom enterprise it's called kingdom moments of opportunity it's called situations in which you can do kingdom business Now, sometimes there are platforms that are much broader, much bigger, and much easier. But at other times, maybe challenging and difficult. Sometimes it may fall on excellent ground, and the next time it might fall on not so good ground. 
kingdom enterprise. It's what you're involved in. It's kingdom enterprise. Let me say this. I believe within a balanced framework that there's no such thing as merely secular work. I think that it's a divine placement on your mission field. That's your mission field. And whether you're teaching or whether you're building or whether you're counseling or whether you're, you know, helping a business get straight or whether you're retired, (laughs) they're all places and moments of opportunity to be a kingdom influence. Let me ask you this. Do they know you're a Christian? Now, I have a little advantage, you know, because... I have a pastor, okay? And they still have a little respect for pastors. So I walk into a situation, you know what I mean? And, well, you should see that words change in the, you know? I mean, in the carefulness of what they say and what they do because, pastor's here. But I never walk in with judgmental or, what did you say that in front of me for? It's just their language. But enough to know that so you can actually be salt or a flavor. Or you can actually be a light. And Jesus said, you know, some of us got lights and we've got, we've got it hid. When I grew up as a, as a kid in Sunday school, you know, The song I learned is, don't hide your, put it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. (laughs) Huh? You got to find out how to do that. Don't get me wrong. But because you're a kingdom person, you're part of influencing, you're part of leaving, you know what I mean? Uh, 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 You know, another idea. They're in the midst. Yes, your career where you work is a divine mission field. Because I believe that wherever the Lord has called you to do for a living is the foundation of your ministry and your mission. I want to strengthen you. It's every bit as official as my official position as pastor. It has value. It has purpose. You are there. And you have an assignment that fits in to that bigger picture called the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. As my musicians come this morning, see, 
you are a showcase for the kingdom. Your life and your living. Righteousness, peace, and joy. He said that's the essence of the kingdom. He says, showcase it in your life. I don't do that. Is that okay? Righteousness? I don't do that. It's a showcase. Peace. It's a showcase. Joy. It's a showcase. Curio. <laughs> you, you, you take these things and you showcase them. We won't get into the power side of the kingdom this morning, you know what I mean? But I, I do want to just, you know, where you're at, what you're doing. Your tent making business is your field and your mission. I'll stop there. Another key that I'm not going to go into is your language. I'm talking about keys to the kingdom. Stand with me this morning. As we walk down this road to Easter and resurrection, we are walking the road that has to do with the kingdom. First to save us, Second, to launch us. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, whom I have chosen, prophet Isaiah. That you may understand and know and believe that I am he. Get that message, church, because we live in a time when this is the front. There's many gods. There's many ways. God says, no, you're my witnesses to let people know that before me there was no God formed, and neither shall there be after me any God formed. Got to be willing To accept and bear the rejection and the ridicule in order to get the message out. Yeah. 
Don't make your place of employment, employment, employment. Don't make your, your fellowshipping, you know, just limited to that element. Make it a kingdom moment. Bring the king and the kingdom into it. Hallelujah. I got to go a little further. You know, we all got a little experience, but you know, I've done weddings in where those that get in married didn't want to have no God stuff in it. Hello? It ain't happening. <laughs> it ain't going that down that way. I can't be afraid to bring God into it. You just can't be afraid to bring God into it. It's what they're looking for. They don't even know what they're looking for. But you know, there's character qualities of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Everybody seems to be open to that. Amen. Glory to God. Give the Lord a praise this morning. How are you doing with preaching the kingdom? How are you doing in making the kingdom first? He said, if you'll make the kingdom first, you don't have to worry about anything else. God said to David, and he also told me, and you can grab a hold of it for yourself if you want, but uh, you know, David wanted to build God a house, and God, David said, or God said, you know what, David? Because you want to build me a house, I'm going to build your house. When I started out on this thing, you know what I mean? My heart was just all God, all God, all God. I mean, I was goofy. I was crazy. I was, you know, I mean, I was overboard. And God said, he said, because you want to build my house, I will build your house. He did. That's what he said. And because I committed myself, and this was before I wasn't a pastor, this was the dedication of my heart. God, your kingdom's going to be first. You are first. I know I'm getting excited, but how does this thing work? Why does it work for some and not for others? And why are sometimes we still waiting? A lot of unanswered questions, you know what I mean? God's doing it for you, Jill. He's doing it for you. You're doing it for any one of us, every one of us. He said, if you just put me first, make it a priority. He said, I'm going to go ahead and take care of the details of it. Hallelujah. And then the next best thing is that there's fresh starts with God. I've got some failed days. Absolutely. I mean, there's been times I said, here, God, 
I know this didn't happen to a pastor, but I say, you know, you just take it. Come on. You know, I don't think you came through. Thank God for mercy. (laughs) Thank God for grace. He can handle your worst days, your bad days, all your all your mouthing against him, you know. He's not put off by it. He says, come on to me, all that labor heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me. Sometimes I just got to go ahead and take that backpack and lay it at his feet. Amen. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for God. Those are simple little truths, but there's things that just got to come back to the church again. Because Jubilee is what 2018 holds for you and for me. And it holds it every day of the year, every year of the century. It's just being a fresh reminder that it's here and now. Glory to God. Give the Lord a praise. Now listen, listen. What I am not saying, what I am not saying that you need to come to church more. That is not what I'm saying, although it's not a bad idea. All right? What I'm saying is that where you are, where God has placed you, he wants you to bring the kingdom into your field. That's why he's placed you there. All right? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, well, go home. God bless you. I don't know what else to say. Hey, man, you're doing a good job. We're just going to do the better because the world needs some trumpet to tell them what Jesus has done for them. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Lord.